And the rest of us, Proverbs chapter 27. This is our last entry uh, in our series in Proverbs that we have called Words to Live By. Uh, But before we look there, I want to just say a brief word about next week. Next Sunday morning, I want to start a series that we'll call very simply Key Issues. Um, We all know there's an election coming in November, and my purpose in this series is not to talk politics, just to be clear. (laughs) My purpose is to ground us firmly in God's Word and look at several key issues that God's Word speaks so clearly to, which will help us to think about the coming election. I mean, this is purposefully us stepping outside of our political leanings, our political commitments, and getting ourselves grounded in what God has said about things like equality and sanctity of life and human sexuality and marriage and family and righteousness. And it should come as no surprise to any of us that God speaks about these things and establishes the truth about these things right from the very beginning of his word, in the very first pages of his word. So next week, we'll start with this key issue of equality, every person made in the image of God. And that will set us up for this Friday forum that will be that following Friday where we will have an opportunity to dig a little bit more deeply into this question of race. That's next week. But now, this morning, let me draw your attention to what is, I believe, a somewhat enigmatic but really powerful proverb. Proverbs chapter 27, and look at verse 19. This is God's word. As in water, face reflects face, so the heart of man reflects the man. As in water, you could say, as in a mirror, face reflects face, so, see that word? So, in other words, in the same way, the heart of a person reflects the person. And then I want to add this morning a second proverb. This is chapter 4, verse 23. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. You see the logic, right? Proverbs 27, 19, the heart of man reflects the man. Therefore, Proverbs 4, 23, keep your heart with all vigilance, or as another translation puts it, above all else, guard your heart. So let's pray and ask for God's help. Father, we want to say thank you this morning for the rain. Thank you for caring for the earth and for caring for us in that way. We needed the rain. And God, even as you're caring for the earth, we pray now that you would care for us. Rain down your word on us and on our hearts. Pray that you would 
Help us to receive from you the goodness of your word. Lord, you know my desire this morning is to serve these people, to, to care for them and to equip them. And so, God, I know your heart towards us is, is a thousand times greater than my heart. And so we look to you and we ask you, Lord, care for us now. In Jesus' name, amen. So two months ago now, on July 5th, as we began this series in the book of Proverbs, I shared a parable with you, a certain story about one Abraham Ben-Oni, a butcher in the town of Emmaus, and how he was tempted in his business to cheat a little bit by using dishonest scales. I did not know at that point that that was going to turn into an ongoing series of Emmaus parables that have helped us week by week think about all sorts of issues that are spoken about in the book of Proverbs, like like gossip and like friendship and like self-control and like confession and like caring for the vulnerable. And all along the way, we've, we've met all sorts of characters from the village of Emmaus, a carpenter, a blacksmith, a baker and his wife, manual laborers, their families. I had no thought or intention back at the very beginning that such a thing would develop. And I had not at that point intended that at some point it would connect to a real story of Emmaus, something that actually did happen that we read about in our Bibles. Two people, we don't know who they were, although we are told one of them was named Cleopas. They might have been disciples of Jesus. They might have been just ordinary townsfolk from the village of Emmaus. But these two were walking. They were making their way back from Jerusalem to the village of Emmaus. And we read about this in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24. As they're walking, discussing what had just happened in Jerusalem, the events around the trial and crucifixion of Jesus, Jesus, now risen from the dead, comes up alongside of them, and he goes along with them, interacting with them, asking them what they've been talking about. And somehow... They are kept from recognizing who Jesus is. And as they continue on their way, Jesus Jesus begins walking through Old Testament passage after Old Testament passage, explaining to them how that suffering and crucifixion of the Messiah was necessary. It was part of God's plan. And as he systematically walks through these various passages of Scripture, it's an amazing scene. We are told that these two disciples' hearts began to burn within them. As they arrive in Emmaus, it seems to these two people like this other person, this stranger, is going to go on, but it's late in the day, and so they urge him, please, no, stay with us. Come in, share a meal with us, and you are welcome to stay the night. And while they are there around the table, at one point, Jesus, still unknown to them, he takes a loaf of bread, he blesses it, and then he breaks it, and he gives it to them. And right then, suddenly, their eyes are open, and they see it's Jesus. And then just like that, he's gone. The two of them, look at each other, and this is what they say. And they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us 
while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scripture. Did not our hearts burn within us? Their hearts just full, something powerful, something deep burning in their hearts, burning with a recognition of the truth of what he was saying, burning with some hard-to-explain love and zeal. And I could imagine them thinking, maybe in their minds, making a connection, maybe even speaking it to one another as they were so aware of what was going on in their hearts. Do you remember how he taught, how it was the heart that was the important thing? The heart was the source. Out of the abundance of the heart comes what we say and what we do. They could have, had they thought of it, they could have even linked right to this proverb. As in water... Face reflects face, so the heart of man reflects the man. See, it's a matter of the heart. What is in our hearts is what makes us who we are. That's what this proverb is saying. Just like a mirror or a clear pool of water accurately reflects a person's face, that's what you really look like when you look in the mirror, it's an accurate reflection As in water, face reflects face. So, in the same way, and here Solomon proceeds to apply that illustration of a face reflected in a mirror or in water to something much deeper, the heart of man. And what he says is that your heart accurately reflects you. That's you. What's going on in your heart is an accurate representation of who you are. Think about yourself right now. The things residing in your heart, the things going on in your heart, that is an accurate, reliable representation of who you are. That represents your true character. Once again, the message is very clear, right? The heart is the important thing. There is so much focus on the heart in God's Word. Eighty times in this book of Proverbs, eighty times, The heart is named. Over 800 times in in God's word, attention is drawn to our hearts. It's the language that the Bible uses to speak of our true selves, and it's what God cares about. Do you remember that scene back in 1 Samuel when when Solomon is told, or uh, Samuel is told by God to go go anoint David, go find the next king, and, and he goes to Jesse's house, and these older sons are just so impressive. You know, they're tall, they're... They're marked by stature and and prowess. And Samuel's impressed by them. And God says, not them, not them. And here comes little David. And God says, it's him. And then he says to Samuel, man looks at the outward appearance. But God looks at the heart. In fact, just flip back a couple chapters to chapter 21 where you see the the very same thing. Chapter 21, verse 2. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. Listen, God alone knows our hearts perfectly. He can read our secret thoughts. He knows the inner workings of our hearts, but our hearts do show. They get put on display. Out of the heart comes our words and our actions. Our hearts show up. Just like Jesus says, this is, this is Matthew chapter 15. But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. 
For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. What goes on inside shows up. Our real selves get put on display. You see the point of this proverb, right? You see the truth that it's presenting? It's powerful. The heart, our hearts give an accurate picture of us. What what we are inside is who we really are. If you want to know what kind of face you have, look in the mirror. If you want to know what kind of person you are, take a deep look into your heart. As we look at our thoughts, as we look at our our motives, our imaginations, our goals, our desires, our purposes. There is a deep and accurate reflection of who we are. Proverbs chapter 23 verse 7 says it so well, as a man thinketh, so is he. Which makes the care for and the guarding of your heart of utmost importance. Which is why I added that other proverb. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. The very clear implication of Proverbs 27:19 is that we must pay close attention to our hearts, constant attention to our hearts, and that's exactly what Proverbs 4:23 is saying. But it can be painful at times, right? To look there to acknowledge and to accept what is there, what we see there. And as a result, we can sometimes, we can try to hide that from ourselves and from others. We can, we can put up a front. That's actually how most people deal with the ugliness that is in there. And in the process of putting up a front, we can, we can kind of fool ourselves and sometimes we can fool others, but God knows, God sees So what are we to do? Well, let's spend a little time here thinking about what what goes into guarding, protecting, shaping our hearts. First, let's be absolutely clear about this. First, we need to be given a new heart. We need a new heart. Listen, the Bible does not spare us any pain when it describes the natural condition of our hearts apart from God. It tells us that our hearts are hardened, kind of stony. We are, quote, darkened in our understanding, alienated from the life of God due to the hardness of our hearts. That's Ephesians 4.18. It tells us that our hearts are deceitful. The heart is deceitful above all things. That's Jeremiah 17.9. It tells us that our hearts are darkened. For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God because their hearts were darkened. That's Romans 1.21. It tells us that our hearts are characterized by jealousy and bitterness and ambition. That's James 3.14. I mean, it's not a pretty picture that the Bible paints. We need major help with our hearts. We need a spiritual heart transplant. And that's exactly what God does. He gives us new hearts. Listen to these beautiful words. And I will give you a new heart 
and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. That's Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26, and that's exactly what God does for you through Jesus. When you put your trust in Christ, the moment you put your trust in Christ, God gives you a new heart. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become new. Everything has become new. You've been born again. A new heart, fleshy, tender, responsive, so you can, you can feel things rightly and have right thoughts and right desires and right ambitions and right motives. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, new heart. But now... Having been given a new heart, how do you guard that heart? How do we care for it and keep it fleshy and tender and responsive so that what's in there is good, increasingly good and pure and honest and loving? Well, I want to offer, in an attempt to help us apply this proverb this morning, I want to offer three lines of pastoral counsel about guarding your heart. Guided by God's word, guided especially by the wisdom of Proverbs, three lines of pastoral counsel about guarding our hearts. Here we go. First, we guard our hearts by guarding what we take into our hearts. We guard our hearts by guarding what we take into our hearts. We are almost constantly, you know this, we're almost constantly putting stuff into our hearts. Just like we put food into our bodies daily, daily we are putting things into our hearts. I, I, have, this, I have this little theory that every kind of physical part of life is a symbol. Now it's real, um, but it's also a symbol of a corresponding spiritual reality. So, for example, take sleep. It's a symbol, I believe, for the fact that every day we need to die to ourselves, lay our bodies down. It's a symbol of a corresponding spiritual reality. And in the very same way, eating is like that. It's a symbol for the fact that our inner being, our spiritual selves, our hearts need nourishment as well. And we are regularly, I mean, whether you're conscious of it or not, we are regularly feeding our hearts. Listen to what Jesus says. This is Luke chapter 6. He says, The good person, out of the good treasure of his heart, produces good. And the evil person out of the evil treasure in his heart produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Do you see what Jesus is saying? We spend time storing things, treasuring things in our hearts. That's talking about stuff we're taking in. And we can make the mistake sometimes of thinking that the stuff we're taking in doesn't affect us. Friend, don't deceive yourself. What you take in shapes you. No one is exempt from that. What you listen to, what you watch, what you read, what you consume through your computer, whether it's pornography or the apparently innocuous daily news, it shapes your heart. So you've got to guard your heart. What should you take into your heart? 
God's truth. God's word. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin. I have purposely taken in your word, your truth, your way of thinking about things, your way of feeling about things. I've taken those things and I've put them into my heart. So first we guard our hearts by guarding what we take in. Second, we guard our hearts by what we dwell on. We guard our hearts by what we, what we dwell on, what we meditate on. As a man thinketh, so is he. Now again, as with what we take into our hearts, we exercise considerable choice on what we dwell on. I mean, humans, humans are meditating creatures. We are reflective creatures. God made us that way. We think about stuff. We dwell on stuff. So here's the question. What do you dwell on? I mean, let's just do a little experiment. Watch yourself over the course of a day. Pay attention. Kind of just step outside yourself and watch yourself and notice what you dwell on. Notice what you think about, what you meditate on. And be particularly aware if you are allowing yourself to dwell on things that you know are not right, not pleasing to God. Friends, don't allow yourself to toy with internal sin as if it's not sin until you say or do something. God knows our thoughts. That's what David said in Psalm 139. Search me, O God, know my heart. Try me, know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any wicked way in me. You know, I'm so grateful for parents who guided us, me and my my brother and sisters, um, they guided us in God's word. And one of the verses that my dad would regularly use to guide us was Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. I'm sure he was not the only father in the world who used this verse. Whatever is true, whatever is true, pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence to it, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about those things. Dwell on those things. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. All right, let's be real. What I just said, that can come off sounding so super spiritual. Like, well, all Mike does all day is float around with scripture verses going through his head. Well, I don't. I think about a lot of things. My life is occupied, as is yours, with a lot of different things. And sometimes I can get caught up in dwelling on things that are not good for my heart and not pleasing to God. So I need to guard my heart And I don't need to just have Scripture in my mind all the time, but I can have God in my mind all the time. I can let my heart dwell there, and I can have His good gifts, like my wife and my children and my work and the beauty of this world on my mind, and it helps me to think about God when I remember those are good gifts from God, and it produces gratitude in my hearts, and I can dwell on that, and I can enjoy working with my hands. I tell you, Monday is my second favorite day of the week. 
because uh, I get to do something different. And I get to go out and mow my lawn and cut down trees and work with my hands. And while I'm doing that, I can thank God for a body and hands and eyes and land and beauty. So we can guard our hearts by what we dwell on. Now third, and I'm just going to mention this briefly. So we guard our hearts by guarding what we take in. We guard our hearts by guarding what we dwell on. Now third, we, we can actually guard our hearts by how we choose to act, what we choose to do. Obedience, or disobedience for that matter, shapes our hearts. There's a little principle that I, I try to pay attention to. I call it the Hebrews 5.14 principle. Write that verse down. The Hebrews 5.14 principle. And I call it that because in Hebrews 5.14 it talks about training your heart by practice. And it allows you to now discern the difference between what is good and what is evil. You train yourself by doing, by practice. By our practice, we actually shape our hearts. So, for example, Jesus said at one time, where your treasure goes, there your heart will go. Where you purpose in your practice of spending your money to put your money, it's going to shape your heart. You ever notice that? I mean, you'd expect him to say, where your heart is, there, that's where you're going to put your treasure. But that's not what he says. He says, where your treasure is put, your heart's going to go. Where you decide to invest your resources, that's going to shape your heart. And that's true in so many different areas. Every area of our life, your practice will shape your heart. So one way that you can guard your heart, a really important way, is to purpose to act in a way that is in keeping with the new heart that God has given you. That's how you guard it. You, you obey what God has said with how to live with that new heart. And your heart will reflect who you are. Friends, listen, I'm trying, I'm trying this morning to summarize this entire series of Proverbs that we've been in for two months now. This proverb, Proverb 27:19, summarizes so much of what we've already seen in Proverbs. All of these different ways and areas that God calls us to be with our mouths, with our hands, with our friendships, with every different area. He's calling us to live in a way that is, that is reflective of the new heart. And as we live out this Christian life, as we live day by day, week by week, year by year, even in our current situation, as we deal with the issues of our day, COVID, ongoing racial tension, a coming election, as we embark in the coming weeks uh, considering these key issues that we'll talk about, friends, let us guard our hearts. Let us not give in to worldly ways of thinking that are so given to divisiveness and polarization. It doesn't have to be like that. We, we, we have a better way. We've been given a new heart. There is a different way for Christians to be. So let us 
not allow sinful thoughts or desires or motivations to remain, whether in what seems like really big issues or in what seems like just little daily ordinary stuff. Let us be aware of our hearts. Let us guard our hearts. God wants our hearts, and when he has our hearts, out of them will flow generosity and humility and gratitude and kindness and love and self-control and joy. As in water, face reflects face, so the heart of man reflects the man. Let's pray. Father, we want to love you with all our hearts. And so, Lord, we pray, search us, O God, and know our hearts. Try us, know our anxious thoughts, and see if there is any wicked way in us, and lead us in the everlasting way. Help us, God, even through your word this morning, where we've been reminded of the importance of the heart. Help us to guard our hearts. We want to live for you and we want to enjoy the fullness of this new life, this new heart that you've given to us. And so God, again, we pray, help us in Jesus' name. Amen.